Well, hello, everybody. It's uh, DM Seth here alongside Adam. Hello there. My name is Normandy. Hi. And Connor. Hi. I was not expecting that one. (laughs) (laughs) And Jacob. Hello. It's me, Jacob, not Zippy, not yet. Oh, Wait for the transformation. It'll be seamless. You My won't even see it happen. Zippy Westboro from the That's Bramble not me. He's, you he's impersonating. <laughs> that was really close, though. It was, which was made it made it more threatening. Everybody's Zippy impersonations. Adam, go. Oh, Norman. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Connor. Um. Well, hey, my name's Zippy Westboro. <laughs> Seth, I don't like this. The more they get closer to my voice, the more you don't need me anymore. Well, I think we could cut you out right now. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, I've done better. I've done better. Jake really has created a truly unique, unreplicatable zippy voice. Yeah, it's pretty good. My brother Joseph, we try all the time. Maybe one day I'll go back to the British version of Zippy, and then it'll all be (laughs) full circle. please, no. (laughs) You're going to go to the Bramble Patch one day, and it's all British. Um, (laughs) Zippy, why do you sound so different? You've been gentricized. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. <laughs> As promised, though, this intro, I did say we were going to do the shoe wedding game, except switch the teams up, and we're going to do it. So Adam and me are going to be guessing who's more likely to uh, for some questions between Connor and Jacob in the hot seat. So, uh, Adam, you ready? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do the two single people. So sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Jacob and Connor. So single. One day they will find love. <laughs> single? I don't know what that means. I peeled the carrot with a lot of lady. <laughs> uh, that's, that stays uh, in episode oh seven. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay, question one. Who studied the hardest in school? Hmm. Ooh. I feel like I'm leaning Jacob because I saw him in high school. Uh... But Connor very well could have studied hard. But also, I feel like Connor was more of a social guy. He he wouldn't be in the the library studying in lunch. He'd be out socializing. Yeah, I think I second that. I think Connor's very social. Jake is social too. But I've also seen how Jake does with a lot of details. And when he feels like he's not when he feels like he's not juggling them all very well, he could get stressed. So I feel like he would study hard to avoid that feeling. That's mm. my entry. How do we do, guys? I I feel like that's not even a question. I I a hundred percent think I study way more than Connor. But if we're, it seems like the context you guys are going at it was high school, and one hundred percent, I did not give a shit in high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of getting. I, the I did sometimes spend a lunch in the library, but it was to play Magic: The Gathering with some other nerds. Like I did, I did not study at all until like kind of in grade twelve. And then, like, but and and I I got into University of Toronto. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) They don't just hand that out. (laughs) Yeah, for people out there, it's kind of like Ontario Harvard, but definitely not at Harvard tier. (laughs) Yes, I don't know. U U of T is a good school. It's the thirteenth best school in the world, so that means something, right? Yeah, it's gotta mean something. Next one: Who is better at keeping secrets? Ooh. This is tough. Are we allowed to say both? No, we have to pick one. Okay. I don't know. Uh, this, I feel like both. I feel like both of them would have the capacity to. If you said like seriously, don't tell anybody. 
they wouldn't tell anybody. But they might have that thing where if you don't put that caveat in front, they'd post it on Facebook yeah. <laughs> or Twitter I, or something. I would say Connor uh, would be more apt to keep a secret, I would say. Sure. I'll, I'll go Connor, too. We're just going to be agreeing the whole way. <laughs> Jacob and Connor, what do you think? I'd probably have to agree with that. I Yes! I keep secrets to those who are, like, really, of those who are really close to me. If you're not, and you're like, hey, can you keep this a secret? Like, I'll tell Seth that night. Like, <laughs> easy. <laughs> that has happened. Wow. Good to know. I have also been on the receiving end of some of of some of the sweet tea that Jacob has spilled before. And I must say, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I love it. Um, but I'd probably have to agree with the conclusions overall. I would never do that to you guys. But, like, <laughs> if it's, like... <laughs> the backpedal. If it's like, I don't know, Connor's mom told me to keep a secret or something, <laughs> I would tell Connor. 100%. Also, the right way to spin exactly. that is that you're loyal to your friends and everyone else can just eat it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, that's fine to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm still alive. Um, two well, for two. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't spill a secret every now and then? Uh, okay, we'll do two more. Um, okay. Uh, who is the better dresser? Mm. This might be kind of easy for me, at least. I don't know about you, Adam. Wow. This is, I don't really see you guys very often. You're both married, so you had to dress okay at some point. But either one of you guys, <laughs> neither of you guys have obviously kept that habit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Here, I would say, yeah, go ahead. You go, you go first, Seth. Here's, or no, say yours because I want your unbiased opinion before I ruin it. Mm, I kind of want to hide behind yours. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I think, I, I think Jake is the better dresser just because he's got that Toronto urban uh, environment to kind of coax that out of him. I would say overall, Jacob is the better dresser. He dresses better more frequently, and that's no shot at you, Connor, because you have like four kids soon. Connor's lucky if he can get his laundry in the laundry machine, I, I imagine. <laughs> honestly, like, like it's, it's kind of unfair, honestly. That was an unfair question. Um, I might have lower lows than Connor, though. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I, I would probably agree with that overall. There was a short period of time when I was working at Scotiabank where I actually, you know, like I wore collared shirts every day by choice and I actually like tried to look nice for like a year and I did really enjoy doing that. But I think overall in life, my style can be summarized by Old Navy. So we'll just leave that there. <laughs> for everyone listening, Scotiabank is a bank up here in Canada. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exclusively only allow their workers to wear Old Navy <laughs> sweatpants. You can't even take out money if you don't have a, a collar shirt on. It's really weird. <laughs> there you go. Now, the biggest one, the last one. Who starts the argument? Oh, Jake, 1,000%. <laughs> Jake, 100%. Self-diagnosed. I, You know, you know it's um, true. I guess they come at it in different ways. I guess you could say Jacob starts the argument. Connor definitely participates. Sometime Connor might tee up the argument. I, I've <laughs> but, diagnosed this. It's a perfect storm. So both, I've talked to them both about this, not in like any kind of counseling 
fashion. But Jake has self-admitted. He's like, oh, yeah, sometimes I'm a bit of a pot stirrer. But Connor separately has also said, I just have a tendency to always want to have the last word. So it's just basically yeah. a perfect cyclone of hot and cold air that becomes a tornado. <laughs> because Jake's like, I think this. And then Connor's like, well, I have to explain to you why what i think is right and i think i just get <laughs> yeah. mystified by connor's takes sometimes and i'm just like <laughs> I, I i i have to let make him know he's wrong about things but he because because he's a stubborn person he wants the last word it, it's just it's it's doesn't happen I've, okay i feel very misrepresented by feeling like i need to have the last word i'm not gonna agree with that but i will say i definitely agree with <laughs> me Bob, right now as he's doing it right now no, I've, i haven't even kidding, had a I'm chance kidding. to say anything yet but i will say i definitely participate for sure i think just overall i think jacob baits people into arguments i think that's where the difference lies is like jacob will phrase things on purpose to be like i'm gonna make you argue with me whereas like sometimes i just got hot takes i was thinking the opposite like some of your hot takes are the bait you know what i mean yeah but i I feel like i don't i don't proactively like seek out to get the argument going whereas sometimes i feel like jacob's just trying to get aroused like trying to rouse me get get me going so that's where i just that's where i see the difference at least I, I will 100% agree. I, start, I, I tend to start arguments, but not in a malicious, sometimes a malicious way. Because <laughs> I love you. But, but I do like to, to know how pe- people think about things, and I like to just get right into it. So that's how, how I... I think I appreciate that uh, neither yeah. of us are scared to hide our opinion. And I'm okay with that. Mm, I appreciate that's that. A, that's, tr- that's a good observation. Anyways, this is why we all work so well together is because we're just a, a group of mixed personalities. Anyways, everybody ready to play? Absolutely. No. All right. Well, you don't need to be ready because it's going to happen inevitably. So, recap. Last time, the gang was split into three different sections. We had Norman who was at the archives of Jadu, the museum. He snuck his way in, pretending to be a friend of the Baron. But they all warned him, no one's allowed to see the Baron while he's working. He didn't heed that. And he went in, and he found the Baron while they were working. And they turned out to be this almost clay, gumby, stretchy, painter, elf, Christmas elf-dressed crazy man with skin so blindingly bright that you can stare directly at it as they shrieked and attacked Norman. But just before you were slashed with a paint brush, uh, like a literal physical paint strike, uh, you dived into a magic painting where a bullywug wizard was beckoning you in to the scene and you dive through very Mario 64 style. And then we had Darian, who was working on getting his eyes crafted from the Cyclops Tristan while uh, the other Bullywug was working on infusing the Tinder Soul into the already made eye that you'd made on the ship. Uh, he told you he needed tools, and you and Gaspacho went down to storage to go get them. But on the way, you noticed a familiar figure, a 
tall, slender figure with metal dreads in this full mask, this blue, detailed, straight-lined mask uh, with this fur pelt at the back, too. And their blue-designed, like, white and blue waistcoat, very sleek, very clean, very slender. The same person who attacked you right before you got to the moon and was clearly working with the ammo company. They saw you and immediately started chasing you down. You were struggling to survive in the storage area, baiting and switching them, distracting them with a dagger. You threw several several floors lower and passed without a trace out of there, just as they killed the storage lady. And then we had Zippy, who threw somehow <laughs> convinced all these incredibly dumb level three, four druids to become a force to be reckoned with. Uh, He started a druid uprising, a a revolution to take back the farm section of Jadu and to defeat the farmer and burn his fucking table down. The power Um, within. The power within. The power within. The power within. After learning a little bit of lore from a giant mushroom. Um, Also, that happened. But... Here we are. Three different paths, all separate. Let's see where you go. And who's up first? Blah, 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 blah. Darian. <sighs> Good luck, dude. Fuck. Here we go. <sighs> Darian. You are ascending the staircase back up into the workshop, back to the little balcony over this giant kind of open area where brooms and magic carpets are flying about and people are working on things, this giant elaborate workshop. You've got gazpacho in your front chest pocket that's usually for um, pepper, and you have pepper under your arm for your eyes, and you're walking all the way up. You get to the top floor. You can see the wheel with all the the dimension doors that spins to lock in place, uh, which workshop you want to go to uh, is still spinning. And also, you hear distantly, you can hear somebody moving their way up the stairs. What do you want to do? Um, okay, uh, so I'm in that cog room. Is there... The the rooms are constantly kind of like rotating past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a second for them to kind of like to loop around. I'm going to just book it to the cog and jump into the next door available. Okay. You jump in. And you land. Just rolling. And you can feel just immense heat coming in. It's a boiler room. And you can see a fire genasi working, like just sitting in a recliner. And they're kind of just like holding a TV remote to a fireplace that's just a furnace billowing into the room. It's extremely hot. And they just go, what? You take, upon entering, four damage. Oh, no. It's extremely hot. Oh, wow. Excuse me, but I, 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 are you okay? I, uh, I, I shouldn't touch you. It's too hot, and my hands are very hot. I just, I just literally drank some fire. Anyways, uh, are you okay? Oh my gosh, this room is like dr- breathing fire. Oh, oh my gosh, do you have anything to, to cool me off? No, this is literally a sauna. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, 
do you guys have any kind of security in this building or anything? Uh, yeah, there, we we should have some wizard guards. What do you want? I need do you, you to help for them now. S some some psychopath just murdered the attendant in the basement. What? Romilly? Oh shit. Uh, okay. And he picks up kind of a rocky talkie. Uh, it looks a little bit more sleek design than yours. And he holds it up to his ear and he's like, Wizard guards, come in, come in. And you hear on the other end, Shh. And you can hear a crowd in the background of it and you just hear, Yeah, what? Somebody just died here at the, at the Wonderworks. Is it serious? Or can I get to him like an hour? Because like the game's almost starting and we gotta, there's a lot more people here. We gotta protect them or something. Someone died! We'll get to it later. Just revive them after. <laughs> what do you want to do as they're trying to communicate with this guard who clearly doesn't care that someone died? I uh, outstretch my hand uh, towards him. Say, like, let me see the walkie Rocky. Uh, here. You grab it. It burns your hand. You oh, take. Oh, oh my uh, gosh. Three damage. Dude, oh. get out of there. Listen here, you lazy bastards. There is some psychopath murdering people in the shop, and we need backup now. Okay, okay. I'll be there in ten. Ten, ten what? Minutes. A bunch of people are going to be dead before then. We'll revive them. Dude, it doesn't matter. We're wizards. Fuck them. Somebody shoot them at... You got magic on you, right? Do it. Go. Ugh, and I just... I toss the walkie-rocky back to the guy and say, like, Bureaucratic bastards, they're no help at all. Oh my goodness, and I take a piece of cloth and I just kind of like uh, wrap it over my face. Is there only one way out of here, out the front of that cog? I mean, you could go down the stairs and potentially like, like get the, It's really hot down there though, but there's another cog exit down there. Oh, gosh. Uh, Both lead to the cog though. I, uh... I go back to the front door of the cog and and peek out. See, like, stealthily. I still have Pass Without a Trace on. You, uh, peek out, and you can see, like, your head's going up and up and up, and you look down, and you can see just coming up the stairs is the masked individual. Oh, gosh. Is there, um... Um... What else is in that room? Like, is there anything else that, like, can be hidden behind, or... Um, is there a way that I could, like, climb out of this front door? Uh, essentially, it's uh, just an open kind of balcony. There is the water cooler in the corner, uh, and the, there's a path that leads from the corner. Essentially, like, one corner is the stairs. At the opposite end of the stairs on this balcony is a bridge that goes across to the entrance. And then uh, to the right of that is another pathway. So, so it's pretty much just an open balcony. There's not really, like, seating or anything. There's just this cog in the wall. Gosh. So there's you could jump off the balcony and fall further into the Wonderworks if, if that was an option if you wanted to do, but... Okay, I'm going to try and stay, like, near the door at least um, to, uh, like, hopefully not take any more damage because uh, I seem to be stuck. Um, and just kind of keep an eye on that, that dreaded figure for now to see if they're going to go hop into another cog room or if they're just going to stand there on the balcony and just like watch them for a minute as you're watching uh through the door you you're like at the top of the cog now as it's rotating um you can see they're just looking around and they're slowly walking on the balcony and somebody flies down on a magic broom 
and they just fly down with a little workshop goggles. They look like a little worker here. They're a gnome, and they just go, Oh, hey, buddy, uh, need some help? Uh, are you lost? And they, like, slowly turn their mask to them and just grab their head and palm it, and they're like, uh, excuse me, sir, and then they slam them into the ground and you can see immediately the gnome goes unconscious and their magic flying broom just falls to the floor as there's a little bit of broken wood on the balcony where the gnome was. You, looking out and staying near the door, doesn't really keep it cooler. You have to go through it for, you know, the real relief. So you are going to take a little bit of damage. <laughs> I will Free mention- damage again. Um... I will mention when Darian took damage the other time, uh, he spawned uh, two cupcakes from his ghost hamster, and he got five health or five hit points back from that. So while that was happening, Darian was standing by the door, just scarfing down cupcakes. <laughs> you're just sweating, burning, and you're just eating cupcakes like a madman. <laughs> They're melting in the heat. <laughs> Basically, what would you like to do? Okay, uh, pop out gazpacho from the front harness and I'm going to tuck um, Pepper back in so I'm kind of like in optimal like visual positioning and on my armor I'm going to activate uh, Guile of the Serpent um, which basically gives me an additional 10 base movement speed Um, and if I take the attack action uh, I get an additional attack as well um Oh no. So I, but what I'm going to do is I'm also (laughs) going to draw the wand of webs. Uh, Actually, I'm going to pop, grab my wind fan and I'm going to wait for the cog to be lower so that like I can I can kind of drop without damaging myself but enough that I can still get kind of a drop on him and I'm going to land in front of him and try and activate the wind fan to blast him down the staircase he just ran up okay and then after doing that I'm going to book it <laughs> okay you are waiting as you're sweating and sweating and scarfing down your last cupcake it tastes pretty good in the cog is rotating and it gets halfway down and you're like all right this is it you grab your wind fan and you hop out and pepper in your chest is going and you're diving out and you land right in front of them their back is towards the staircase they came up from so they're staring you right in the face and they're taller than you quite a bit so and they're just staring down and you're looking up and they're kind of like startled. They take like a step back and you draw the fan and quickly raise it in one flap. Ooh. Or actually, what's your, your spell save DC? Um, well, on the wind fan, the spell save DC is 17. They do not succeed. <laughs> you blow them and they, they just fly back, hit the rail that starts the staircase and go tumbling over the edge and you just hear as they land lower and you can just hear a like a groan Darian well although feeling good about the results of that 
isn't going to push his luck because again just a reminder for listeners uh darian is almost 100 gassed on all spells and is still bloodied from the conflict with the storm elemental so it's just not looking good i'm i'm gonna quickly grab gazpacho uh tell grim to keep working on the eyes and tell him i'll be back later and i take him and just kind of like toss him towards the cog Patricia! Wait! This got real serious! Patricia! And then uh, with my additional movement, uh, I'm going to start making my way for the exit. You're booking it across the bridge, and uh, from one side, it's just the open workshop area, and to your right, you see the wall of dolls with all their eyes just creepily watching you as you run past and get out of the Wonderworks. You head to the exit, and you feel... The air breezing through your hair. You can feel a, a, a really like cool sensation finally, especially after you were basically saunaed alive. Um, and you get out and you can see a large ethereal bridge formed to the main Jadu land. But you also notice something different too. Please roll perception. Uh, that's a 12. With a 12, all you notice is that. There doesn't seem to be really anybody around, nearby. You see a lot of people in the air above, though, flying on their carpets and brooms, and a lot of people making their way up to a separate island off in the distance. And you can hear big, just, drums going, boof, booch, boof, booch, boof, booch. You look over, and right next to your island, you see another island with this elaborate school and you can see a stadium in the back or just the edge of it and large lights going from it. There seems to be some sort of sports game going on over there. And based on your, your conversation with uh, the guard briefly, that's probably where the guard was too. Yeah, Darian uh, kind of able to intuit that from the, from the conversation as well. Is there a quick way to get to that island that I can see? Is there like anything parked outside that Patricia might have used? Uh, you don't see anything parked outside, but you do see some people flying overhead in that direction that maybe you could wave down. Um, yeah, well, I'm not going to stand in front of the door, but I'm going to start running along the bridge. And while I'm running along the bridge, I'm going to call up to, yeah, some of the passerbys and be like, Hey, I need a lift. Please, anybody. Hello. Could you use a lift right now? Persuasion check. Uh, that's another 12. 11 plus 1. You are trying to wave people down, but people are just like, nah, and a lot of people only have like single person uh, brooms and, and carpets, uh, and they're just going, and a lot of people are ignoring you. Um, I'm While I'm running away and calling out to people, I'm going to cast, uh, I'm going to use, grab my wand of webs, and I'm going to cast it on the doorway um, so that the, so that if Patricia catches up, they're going to have to spend time uh breaking through that webs hopefully and slow them down uh and then okay. keep making my way across the bridge hopefully if there's if i can see any kind of land way of getting to that other island because uh, at the very least i'm going to try and ditch this person in the crowd you are running looking for a land way to do it you're still waving hoping somebody will maybe pick you up and you look back and cast wand of web and it goes over the doorway and you're still running and waving and then after some time you see actually 
somebody does come down to you. It's another tandem magic broom. And you can see it's it's a, a dad and his three kids. And they're all like kind of snotty nose and like, and they're all just kind of uh, hyper. And they have like juice stains on their upper lip. And you can just see a bullywog uh, dad with like a classic just mustache just goes, you know, like, hey there, Sean. How, how's it going? What are you waving for? Hey, uh, I'll pay you 16 gold if you'll carry me over to that stadium. One of the kids goes, Father, we need that money. Hey, kids, I make a living, okay? I, I do just fine. I don't need your money, man. I, I appreciate I, Where you going? I can just give you a lift. Father, the money for our gifts and toys. No, okay. I, okay maybe I'll take the money. But uh, where, where are you heading? Uh, to the stadium. Oh, well, shoot. That, that's, that's where we're heading. You going to watch the game? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah! Big oh, fan. I mean, I mean, shoot yeah! I didn't. Dad didn't say hell off. No, okay. All right, let's go. And you take off, and you look back, and you can see the web is getting pushed on all of a sudden, and then half a glaive comes out and is starting to cut the web as you're flying, and they break through. And the masked individual is just looking left and right and staring into the air. And you fly out of sight to the school. And you go and you're flying and you land and you can see there's just crowds of people here. Crowds of them just like cheering and wanting to get their tickets stamped and everything. And you can see you're outside of a gate. There's a large gate. You don't go in the school. It's around the side. And there's a large metal fence with uh, a, a wizard guard there, like punching tickets and taking tickets. And there's a huge lineup. And the dad just goes, well, there we are. Uh, so uh, what was your name again? Uh, uh, Cedric. Yeah, okay. Well, my name's Pickles Firewax. Nice to meet you. Uh, if you ever need another ride, make sure to flag me down. I don't mind it. And, and uh, I, I actually will take that money now. Yeah, here you go. Paid in, paid in full. I appreciate it. All the kids in unison just go, yay! All right, I'll see you later, Cedric. Uh, all right, let's go, kids. And they fly off. Seth, when we were flying away on the broom, you'd mentioned that he was like looking up in the sky, looking around. At, did at any point it look like he, he kind of got... Uh, an eye on us on the broom or do I feel pretty confident that we kind of blended into the to the crowds of brooms kind of flying away roll an insight check <clears throat> that's a that's a five whoa we're off to a rough start boys <laughs> you can't tell if if he saw you or not but you have a gut feeling like potentially you you pragmatic plan for the worst right Okay, well, whether or not I, when we were flying, just as a retcon there, I was flipping him off. Um, okay. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, make my way to the, to the ticket booth and, and just try and get into the stadium. I'm just trying to, like, basically I'm going to try and blend in and get lost in the crowd just in, in the, on the off chance he did, he did make me. All right. Roll stealth. Um, that's a 12 plus 7, 19. With a 19... You can see there's lots of crowds. There's two lanes that are like collecting tickets and two gate openings. Um, and you're going through and you just kind of butt into line. And somebody behind you is just like, hey, what? What's go- You can't butt. And then you just turn around 
and just give them the most like panicked look and they just go oh uh, yeah okay and uh as you're getting up to the the ticket booth um the guy is like tickets please and he looks at you darian and the guy behind you just goes oh uh here two tickets one one's for him and he's like all right get in and you get in after we kind of step through the gate i turn to that bullywug who kind of gave me the second ticket i turn to him and just say hey thank you really much i really appreciate that anytime don't worry we all need a helping hand sometimes What's, uh, what's your name? My name is Scorpia. Well, if I end up seeing you around, I'll be sure to return the favor. Awesome. But seriously, don't worry, it wasn't much. All my tickets are fake. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I drew these. So. <laughs> oh, I could always use an impressive forger. Thanks. And then I disappear into the crowd. You disappear into the crowd. And as you turn the corner, you notice just crowds and stands full of people as you see essentially a football field awaits in front of you. At opposite ends of the football field, there are these large unlit pyres just made of wood. And you can see the stands just circle around. It is a full-blown stadium. Upon closer examination of the crowd, you can see there is some people waving flags and they have face paint on and these just look like stereotypical sport fans. On the yellow flags being waved, you can see an eagle crest and text below that says East Wing Windwalkers. And on the blue flags with a hippo crest, you can read text that says Basement Brouhaha's. And as you are making your way into the stadium, you hear an announcer come over an intercom system. Welcome, everybody. Now, who here is ready for the Pyre Pitch Grand Championship? Bursting out from tunnels at either side of the stadium, you see those wearing yellow wetsuits and those wearing blue wetsuits take off on magic rooms and carpets into the sky and are circling over the entire crowd as they go bananas. They then dismount and the rooms and carpets just fly away as the two teams face off in the center of the field. All right, guys and gals, I want a clean match here. Whackers, hold on to your baseball bats tight and don't go building that gorb too early or I will have to call suspension. Also, divers, when the pools appear, I want clean water fights, okay? No tugging on wetsuits. I don't want another streaker in this match, okay? Also, the flea flame will be lit as soon as I blow the whistle. So go nuts, have fun, and let's hire pay! And cut. Norman, you've just fallen through the painting. You look behind and you can see it's like there's a painting on the other side in a wall. And you can see inside the museum and you can see the paint streak is cutting through still. It's like bouncing off. It's like it's searching for you in that area. 
and the bullywug wizard behind you just grabs your shoulder and goes, oh, don't worry, it's all okay now. Where are we? And I'm going to put my hand on Apophis's shoulder and then Umbrella's shoulder just to make sure that they're both with me, and I'm going to keep an eye out for Strand as well. Strand's underneath you, and it's kind of like coughing under your weight and slips underneath and comes wrapping full circle and goes back in your bag. Okay. And Apophis goes, Ugh, bro, that was abstract as hell. Did you see that painting? That was, that was excellent thinking on your feet. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are okay. Bradley, how about you? I'm, I'm good. I'm out of breath. That was, that, that was like a freaking demon. Guys, I'm proud of us. Look, we, we survived. I'm, and I'm going to reach into my pack and I'm going to look at Strand Excuse me, guys, for a moment. Strand? And I'm going to open the pack, and I'm going to look inside. You look inside, and it's eaten almost completely your mind mugger's mitts. No! Strand! Oh, you are so lucky. You just saved my life. I'm going to grab him and pull him out. And oh, I should have known. I'm going to pull him up. I'm going to look for my void cloak. You look for your void cloak. It's still intact, but it definitely has some chomps taken out of it. I'm going to put it on. And I'm all the while, I'm looking at Strand very dejectedly. That's what I'm going to say. Strand, I told you once, and now I'm telling you again, do not eat my stuff. You are lucky that you are still with... I, I mean, I'm grateful for everything you've done, but bad <laughs> carpet. I mean... Oh my gosh, I'm gonna wave the cloak around to see if it has any magical properties left. You feel it, and it feels like it still does, but uh, a few more chomps, and it probably won't. <sighs> I'm gonna say, guys, does it still look? Does it still look cool? Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think it looks pretty punk. Oh man. no, it looks pretty ratty. You know what? That'll be part of my backstory, and and you know gone through a couple beatings and things. I'm going to turn back to the Bullywug while keeping an eye on Strand. Strand, you are no longer allowed inside my traveling pack. You're going to travel out here with us. Who are you? Thank you for for saving us. You look at the Bullywug in front of you wearing just a blue robe and a blue wizard's hat and they seem definitely off. They do not look like a Bullywug. They do not look like anything. They look like a painted being. Mm. Like a 3D kind of marble sculpture-esque just kind of water-painted being. And they just look at you and they're like, Well, I'm Pyro Hollyhorn, a mage from the War of Rage. And man, do I have some history to teach you guys, but but I... I yeah, usually I, I teach history here, but in, in, in this diorama, and... But uh, I, I thought I might help you out, because it looked like you were in danger. The Baron can get like that sometimes. Does he always look like that? Uh, not always. Only when he's working. What is his true form? Uh, I don't know. He changes it from time to time. Whatever he's feeling, he changes what he looks like. Could be a dragonborn. Could be an elf. Could be a bullywug. Uh, DM, I just want to... This is probably a long shot. I want to just kind of like... Norman wants to scan back, just like relive the last few moments and just recognize or try to tell, did the Baron at all recognize me uh, from, because he sculpted us back in Orem, supposedly. There was like no sense of recognition there, eh? 
no need to roll. Yeah, it. They seem to be just in fueled by chaotic rage. Yeah, he was freaking out. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say. What about you? Are you? Do you live here? Are you? Is this your home? Well, Pyro Hollyhorn fought here. Didn't live here. He lived uh, well in Orum at the time, but. Uh, it's I I live here. This is my home, and this is where all of us painted beings live. And I'm gonna gesture back behind me with a thumb. And is the Baron the the one that conjured you? Sometimes he paints the paintings that come to life, and other times he takes other people's creations and bring those to life in in the painted world. And I don't want to get existential, but are you? Content being here. I don't know any other way to be. I'm just here to teach my part of history. Uh, okay, I want to take a look around. Uh, what do I see around here? You see, in the distance behind, there's about 40 other wizards all kind of like pointing their wands and kind of waving back and forth. And you see a large red, a redford bear is like acting like aggressively on its back hind legs and its claws out and it's like rawr, rawr and it's kind of like pretending to be attacking them. I start to slowly walk forward in a way that I'm kind of inviting Polly to walk with us and Apophis and Bradley as well. Okay. Uh, because I just want to kind of walk amongst these guys. Like it's kind of like a, a 3D-orama, eh? Like, yeah. Okay. So this is like a tour. People would come through here and you teach your station about this era and this moment in time. Yeah, pretty much. We teach about this section and all other history facts of Jadu. And the painted world sometimes even stretches to other places of Jadu. Uh, so you can get all over just using the painted world. I see. Have you ever been? Have you traveled to any of these other places? Nope. I stay in my diorama. Has anyone been here through here recently? Mm, no, not recently. I heard they're trying to add a new room and a new painting to the gallery, and they're doing a competition outside or something. Oh, I see a new room. Pyro, have you heard of any ancient artifacts that would have come through this era in time? Maybe something like a grand treasure or something along those lines. Oh, grand treasure? Yeah, we got a room for that. It's just in the next one over, the first grand treasure. Oh, uh, do, do you mind giving us a little bit of a tour of that room? Or at least show us the way. I can show you to the way. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to cross in. Well, you've already bent the rules for us. Why don't you come with us? You might learn something new yourself. I don't know. Persuasion check. Oh, so close. Okay, it's going to be an 18, but now it's just 5 plus 13. <laughs> so, actually, 18 already. <laughs> so... Eight, uh, 18. Only if you don't tell anybody. Mum's the word, friend. I mean, Bradley speaks up and is like, oh, I know some history too. I could teach you. Fine. Whatever. It could be a collaboration. This feels like school. But school's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Bradley, school, school sucks. Bradley's like, yeah, Papa, school does suck. I'll lean into them and I'm going to say, don't worry, guys. The best stuff is hidden at the end, where we can sneak in and get the best stuff for ourselves. Well, I'm not planning on sinking any knowledge bombs into my rock skull, so 
I'm just probably going to tune out, but I'm going to be slithering behind. And I, yeah, I, I start walking towards that painting entrance. You start walking, and Pyro goes, Well, okay, let me give you the tour. Well, in this room, this is the War of Rage. This is when all of us wizards banded together to take down uh, Babar, the god of rage, and his bare tether. And we sealed him away into the Null Prison afterwards. The god of rage is always causing a muck every time he's reincarnated, so he needs to be dealt with quick. But unfortunately, this time, he got too big to be killed. So we had to seal him away into an anti-null magic prison. Fascinating. So he's in the prison right now, all this time. The God of Rage. Yep. Better hope he never gets out. It'd be a big problem. Anyways, next room. Let's go, I I guess. Uh, Let's go through the painting. And you see there's a painting into another painted scene that seems extremely familiar to you. You hop through. And it's another, it's a woodland scene where the trees are actually growing out of the walls and out of the ceiling. It's inside the first Grand Treasure Cube mm. way back then. And you can see silhouettes of all the first Grand Treasure Greeter team fighting off a giant basilisk. Wow. So here's where they found the first Grand Treasure. And they had to fight for it too. Just behind, apparently in a cave, there was a large hoard of gold. And in there was a magic gold coin that was the real grand treasure. Said to give anyone who flips it unruly power. But obviously it comes at a gamble. Heads or tails, whatever you wager down has to be potentially paid in reverse. Interesting. I'm going to take a moment to look at the basilisk. And I'm going to gesture to its fang. And I'm going to say, you know, I actually have a friend who, who has that fang. Uh, it's like a poison bone dagger now. Anyways, keep going. Well, that's probably not true. But okay. Maybe they got it at a gift shop. We'll get to that at the end. Yes, maybe. All right, let's keep going. And you hop into another painting. And you can see it's the Alexandre Academy being built, the school that Darien's at currently being built. This is where Dumas founded the St. Alexandre Academy, the school of magic, the first of its kind. He went all around the world bringing masters and elusive and solitary wizards that were specialized in their school of magic and brought them here to teach others. Because at the time, nobody could really advance in magic. It was really tough to get good. But these guys allowed everybody to level up and shared their knowledge. So now we have a lot of really well-skilled wizards here at Jadu. Fascinating. Uh, DM, I just wanted, in this room, I want to wave my wand of detect magic to see if, I, I know the whole thing is like a magical illusion conjuration, but is there anything in particular in here that is real? You uh, wave your detect magic wand Um and you don't like feel uh, like there's much beyond like the regular painting magic um, but you can tell there's kind of like a, a, a window you, you can see you walk up to the school it's being built and you're kind of walking inside it with them and you can see there's actually another small painting and there's somebody kind of standing in front of it it's a very small one and they're just kind of smiling being like I always have the best seat of the house and you push them aside and look through 
and you can see this little painting is showing out. It's like in the side of the academy, and it looks out, and you can see a pyre pitch game going on. Why does this look so familiar? Hey, Apophis, uh, Bradley, look, look, I, Bradley, you especially look. Is this, is this pyre pitch? Wait, 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 wait! Bradley jumps up and looks through and goes, "Oh my god." Why am I here with you? There's Pyre Pitch here! I'm literally wearing a wetsuit for- Let me in! I can play! I can play! Let me be the whacker! I put my hand on his shoulder and say, In due time, we, we can go there. I think- I think this is happening in real time. Like that That's a fair conclusion, eh? You, Pyro speaks up and goes, Yes, well, that's uh, one of the paintings to the other world. You can see this is actually a Pyre Pitch legend or a representation of them. Uh, they're kind of present at all all the games, and and there's a wall of them, and you can look down, and you can see there's a lot of little little uh, paintings where they're just like looking out with their heads. So from the opposite side, it looks like portrait pictures of these famous pyre pitch people. Um, but on your side, you can see they're clearly just standing, looking out them, and you can see crowds of people walking by, and you can hear Bradley just tug on you and goes, "Why did I have to come learn history?" With this freaking pyre pitch! No, Bradley, I'm in the wrong is... arc! Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bradley. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Normandy doesn't laugh. Bradley, what are you talking about? This is exactly what I said. Of, of course, once we come through here, we wouldn't have found this if you'd gone with someone else. I, I take offense at that. Look, uh, we're going to go through here in just a sec. If you just give me five more minutes, we're going to go in here and we're going to watch firsthand this amazing pie pitch game, which, to be honest, you made sound really complicated. So uh, I'd love to learn. But one sec. I'm going to turn to Pyro. I'm going to say, this is very fascinating. Where's the next room lead? Is there anything else that has to do with Grand Treasures or speculations on the next one? Uh, uh, not really speculations on the next one. I, I don't really know much about that. We just have history on the one that was found. What about any other ancient artifacts like piano keys or or any other mundane objects? We do have one on the Beyond Vessel. What's that? Well, let me show you. And Bradley is like still looking out, pushing this pyre pitch uh, painted person aside. And it's just like, wait, let me look, let me look. And they're just still looking out. And Apophis is like, come on, Bradley, let's just get it over with. Then we can go see the game. Come on. Apophis, watch, watch him, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Apophis takes him off, puts Bradley down. And then he looks through and he's like, I didn't even get a look. <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> and as you go back to try and pull Apophis off and the pyre pitch painted person is just like, um, okay, well, hey, ex- excuse me or something. You can hear a guard walking by on a broom, just slowly, like standing on it like a skateboard. This is on the other side. By. On the other side, these yeah, painted okay. visages. This visage is on like a whole side wall uh, that like leads out to the stadium. It's like at the top stands of the stadium, so it like looks overhead. It's just kind of like you know those who we remember as pyre pitch champions. Um, and you can hear a guard just over you over here on a rock them talking through a rocky talkie just go yeah i heard there's something at the wonderworks but what the farm what are you talking about <laughs> oh shit okay i'm going 
Guys, come on. We're, let's gonna go. We're gonna go look at this Beyond Vessel, and then we're gonna come right back. I promise. Okay, give me five more minutes. Paro, let's go. Fine. And they both go with you. Okay. Next stop. You jump through another painting, and you can see you're at the center square of Jadu in the mainland. Um, and there's the center square there, and you can see there's a, a, a graded floor that is opened up, and a crystal is flying out. This large pink crystal. And you can see in this diorama, there's lots of Jadu civilians kind of just like some are half floating to the crystal. All these old people are half floating to the crystal and all these younger people uh, seem to be at the end like crying and, and like reaching out and stuff. Okay, so this is the Beyond Vessel. This is where we go when we die. Or, well, we don't really die. When we get old and we can't do much else, we get put in the Beyond Vessel. So hopefully one day, when Dumas finds the other, the other side, that we can all get there safely together. So, eventually, when people get old, they append themselves to the crystal to avoid going to the deep. I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to say, almost feels like a one-way ticket. Almost like the people of Jadu don't really want you to leave. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But I mean... Y'all gotta go eventually. Maybe not me, because I'm a painting, but... Anything's better than the deep, am I right? I'm gonna grit my teeth for a second, at a loss for words. And I'm just gonna say under my breath... Maybe not for long. And I wanna take just a, a quickly, a closer look at this thing. And see if I can see any kind of information about... A piano key, or just kind of see if I can glean any properties from it. I know it's an illusion and a rendition, but I just kind of want to give it like a, a look over. Give a perception check. Uh, eight plus four, twelve. You don't really see anything around of of notes. You don't really understand what's going on. Uh, the magic here is all the same. It's just painted magic. None of it's actually real. But you walk up to the crystal, and it's big. You can see kind of a reflection coming through it as these souls are being appended to it. And you just put your hand on the crystal. And in the reflection, you can see a bit of yourself, but you're in demon mode in the reflection. Whoa. And you can feel in your chest, as if Royce might be clawing for control. I back away. But first, I look myself in the eye, and I say, Don't you even try it. And I'm going to back away. I'm going to, like, pull my hand away and back up. Well, let's continue with the tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I want to cast a tech thought. On? Uh, it's my last one for the day. On the crystal. You cast detect thoughts on the crystal and you just hear a really sweet silky voice just go yes I think this might be right this looks exactly how the crystal looks painted to perfection it seems to be almost like the thoughts of whoever was painting it at the time imbued into their art okay uh okay I'm gonna say I don't really have much more time. Uh, what else is there? 
There's so much more. Let's keep going. Uh, I'm lo- I'm thinking about that pyro match in the in the farm. I am going to give one more room. I'm going to say, yeah, one more room, pyro, and then we must be going. Okay, but there's lots more history to learn. But all right, let- let's go. I follow, and that's where we're going to take a break. Oh no! Ugh. Everybody, DM Seth here, uh, or mid-roll Seth, actually. What am I doing? Let me switch my hats. There we go. Uh, okay, so I got some stuff for you. First off, our legend dear patrons. We have Randy, and we have Camden, and we have Oldtimer. The three, man, we're, we're starting to make a little bit of a Mount Rushmore here of, uh, of legend tier patrons. Uh, thank you so, so, so much for your support and everything. Uh, the patrons are the lifeblood of our show. We wouldn't be able to achieve the sound quality we have now or, uh, you know, the music production or the editing uh, levels we can achieve without the support of all our patrons, not just the legend tier ones. So, yeah, thank you so much. And if you want to become a patron, uh, I highly recommend uh, doing the $2 tier if you can spare the change because you get access to our Discord community. Uh, which is always growing and also um, includes uh, not just great people, but also we host uh, game nights where we play Jackbox and Among Us and sometimes people in the community or some of us on the on the cast here uh, run one-shots and play one-shots with everybody. Uh, so if you're looking for a D&D group or you want to play some games online, uh, it's a perfect place to do that. Um, but yeah, and if you do it at higher tiers of the Patreon, like $5, you get a- access to our bonus episodes and our after show called Discussions by the Dungeon where we Adam uh, interviews each of us every month, and uh, we talk about the show and the recent episodes and everything and our thoughts on it. Uh, it's tough. My episodes suck because I can't say anything, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and at $10, if you want to do that tier, you get access to all our music, not just from the musicals, but also the music sometimes that we produce for the core show here. Um but yeah, so yeah, consider it. And if you don't want to support us through that means, you can support us just by following us on our socials and sharing us to your friends. Our socials being Twitter, uh, at Cheaper Dungeon. Facebook, just search Cheaper by the Dungeon. Instagram, Cheaper underscore Dungeon. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're all great spots to keep up to date with the show and know if there's any news, like if, if for some reason we had to delay an episode or something. Um, that's always a great place to look and, and keep up to date with recent cheap news um also uh if you want a community besides the discord one i mentioned uh, you can join our reddit or go on our reddit page um we always have episode discussions in there and sometimes we post some memes uh so go follow uh cheaper by the dungeon on reddit it's just the r slash cheaper by the dungeon it's great um and let me think oh yes of course calendar why do i always forget uh calendar next episode july 6th july 6th we're continuing the jadu arc and we're gonna keep going with the magic madness and and hopefully they all survive uh but yeah that that should be it for me uh thank you so much everybody for listening uh and i hope you enjoy the second half here all right thanks everybody
And we're back. And I think it's about time we got to a little Lapine's turn. Woohoo! Zippy, you are riding atop a stag through the forest with an army of about 100, 150 druids behind you. Some wild shaped into like brantas and crows and squirrels and other things. And on those like horses next to you are other druids like fur bulgs and gnomes just riding alongside on top of them. You're essentially leading an army into battle. You and all your level one to four druids <laughs> charging out of the woods with torches ablaze. You see in front of you are fields, fields of wheat, fields of other uh, produce. Some are corn, some are beans, and you're just trampling through them. And in the distance, you see a nice little countryside farmhouse and three large barns. And in the distance, a large aqueduct that is consuming clouds and turning it into water to spray down into the area so you can feel a light mist on your furry face. Do you want to say anything last as you are charging towards? <laughs> this is already going so well. I can feel the excitement in everyone. Or maybe that's just me. I'm not used to hopping down on a, on a branta like this. You're riding a stag, but... You see the Sphinx Lamassu is pouncing next to you and is like, What a glorious day to take over the farm! I agree! Who's in charge of the squirrels? I am! Lightfoot! You, who are you? What's your name? My name's Lightfoot! You know, I'm here from the Jarwood Squad! Lightfoot, remember, I needed those heels when I called them out. All right, and who who's in charge of the crows who are detecting the magic? I'm Willow Freeze. Willow Freeze is in charge of the crows. Willow Fee Freels? Willow Freeze, like ice, freeze. Oh, Willow Freeze, nice to meet you. I'll be coming to you if I need to detect magic as well. Remember, they're they're not gonna let us take over quietly. Of course, as always, I will be at your side. And who's the charmers around here? Who's in charge of the charmers? <laughs> There's only one charmer. <laughs> and, you, and you turn behind and you hear the voice of this peacock who's just standing atop the head of one of the Branta horses, just casually sitting on top of his head with its peacock feathers furled out. And it's like, I'll charm my way out of anything. And what's your name? My name? Bethany. Bethany. <laughs> You'll be you'll be holding back a bit, trying to sneak in. You know where the farmer lives, right? Oh yeah. Right. When we confront the farmer, I'll say cantaloupe, and we'll we'll chime him if we need to. So be be on on the I know be in the rafters or something or under the floorboards, wherever you can to just like charm the heck out of out of the farmer. I can be pretty persuasive. <laughs> we'll see if he can handle it. All right, all right, all right. Uh, how is everyone feeling? This, I'm getting a little excited myself. We're feeling amazing! This is good to hear. Remember, if I call out for certain spells, I expect people to use them if they got them. Entangle, you know, you know, 
jumping or, or thunder waves, you know, creating and destroying water, that'll all be helpful for the, what we have coming up. Do your best, everyone! Follow Zippy's lead! Do it! Oh, I'm feeling, feeling good, DM. I'm feeling good. Uh, I think I'm just going to carry on until we hit the perimeter of the, of the, uh, of the farm. Well, this is where we're going to go into army skill check time. Lots of stuff is going to be happening, and you'll have to basically be as creative as you can with the resources and druids at your disposal to solve incoming issues. And as normal, you know, you can call it the check you want to make with it, and you got to beat the bar, and we'll do it from level one, level two, and level three. So it'll take two successes to get to the next level, um, two fails, and something very bad will happen. This is usually my bread and butter, DM. I'm, I'm feeling good about this. Here we go. First up, you are all charging through, making a lot of noise. And you can see some periphery farmers, the, these uh, bullywugs and elves that are tilling the fields. They look up and they see the stampede. And they're in the wheat and they're like starting to run back and they're running towards the farmhouse and running towards the barn and they're pulling out their rocky talkies they're trying to signal people and you can hear willow freeze come fly down to your ear and says commander they are trying to contact for help or reinforcements best to silence their communications now agreed well, that was willow freeze right yes freeze <laughs> perfect alright um, how do we do that it's up for you to decide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the brains for this. Hmm. To, 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 for them to send communications that broadly out, it has to be through magic purposes as well. I mean, the whole place is filled with magic. So look, look for pockets of magic, um, like, like in rows, almost like it's a communication like hub. Well, what, what, what do we see from the, from the? Uh, from the Detect Magic Crows. He flies up, and he's going to try and check around. Make an Arcana check. Oh, boy. Yes, and that is a 16 plus 0. Um, hopefully that's strong enough. You beat the bar for level 1. You can sense, and Willow Freeze comes down and says, Commander, the source... All the rocky talkies are going into an amplifier that reaches across all of Jadu. If we take that out, we could cause heavy casualties to their communication lines. It's in that tower, way off, next to the house. We'll need a sniper. A sniper? Oh my, I didn't even know that was part of our army. I, we are the most unprepared, prepared group. This is great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sniper, introduce yourself. You see a cloaked beaver hops across some branches next to you and goes, I could do it. I got good aim. Oh, I always thought beavers were bad eyesight wise, which is always, which is why, you know, they build dams that are so ugly. You're right. But I'm not the sniper. I'm the bullet. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> if several people cast Longstrider on me, I can jump so fast, I could just gnaw right through that wood, taking down that tower. Oh my. You heard him, everyone. Where do you need it to be in position? 
Right here. Lay the hands on me. Everyone, I need ten Longstrider spells compiled on this one beaver. <laughs> you see several druids that are not wild-shaped come over and they lay hands on uh, the beaver and cast a level one Longstrider, which increases the target speed by ten feet. Um, and if you stack that, that's going to be a lot. Um, you can see the beaver is just, his his cloak is just billowing now. Just Yes. And then he jumps onto your stag, and he's holding onto the antlers. Zippy, aim me. Wait one second. I'm not losing a. I'm, I'm not gonna lose a single soldier to some reckless act like this. Which is why I grab. Uh, I have like a pocket of little uh, stones, and I grab it. I form it into a little helmet for him. So I use stone shape. Stone shape into a little helmet with a strap. He puts it on, and he's like, thank you. You'll come back to us, right? Right away. Where I'm going, I don't need to come back. Aim me, Zippy. You grab his waffle-like tail and just pull back a little bit as his arms are holding on to the stag's horns. And there's, there's like a main section of this tower that looks like a perfect place to just like shoot a beaver at. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of got like a watery tower base. Um, and then it's kind of a lookout at top where there's kind of, you can see even the flank glimmer of a, of a larger rocky talky crystal. All right. We aim for that. Okay. I will make you roll athletics or anything else you could convince me of. This is, uh, if I don't get this right, it's going to be really like other things we can fail at, but this is literally like reinforcements. So you got this man. You said athletics, right? Or anything else you can convince me of. Hmm. I want to do animal handling. Because what I want to do is I want actually the stag. I can't get a, an aim. I'm also short myself, so I need to see get a better angle. I need the stag to stand on his two legs. And I need him to, like, prop himself up. Like he's doing some, like, crazy yoga pose. <laughs> and, but but I, I and I can I shoot can I roll this into one animal handling not only animal handling the beaver but then the stag as well. That works. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got an eight, but uh, with my wisdom and I'm proficient in animal handling, uh, it's plus uh, nine. So, um, so I got a 17 on that roll. The beaver with his helmet on, you yell at the stag and the stag goes, on it, Zippy! And it bucks up and its head tilts and you're holding the tail and you can see the beaver's forearms, the muscles just expand and just ripple. And it just looks like he's got Popeye forearms with all the long strider spells coursing through his body. He pulls on the antlers, and you just see, and then it's just silent, and you can see it, like, cuts a path through the wheat that you're trailing through. It, like, makes it, like, just divot. And the whole army is, like, silently watching. Yeah, and you can see the people are running towards the house with their rocky talkies, and then you can just see, (laughs) it's silent for a second, and then, 
it just looks like it, you exploded <laughs> into the wooden oh, tower. Chunks of wood explode as the tower falls, and you see the crystal come and <laughs> smashes. And everybody's like, my walkie-talkie went out. What? Change this channel. Change the channel. You've passed level one. You're trampling through some of the people you're overtaking now, and they're just getting trampled underneath the Brantas and just falling. And you're going forward as fast as as you possibly can. You can see now that there's a little alarm bell on the front porch, and there's an elf at front now that came out from the tower collapsing. It's just ringing it. And you can see lots of people, lots, about 200 wizards are coming out. You're outnumbered, (laughs) but 200 wizards come out of the barns in various orders. And you can just hear a voice at the balcony just go, Fireball! And you just see... (sighs) (sighs) These lobbed fireballs are coursing through the air. Willow Freeze says, Zippy! Fireballs coming in! I detect it! I detect it! Fireballs for sure! I see! Everyone, whoever can, create water! <laughs> okay. What, what would you like to roll for that? Just be, just because uh, two on, this is like a huge defining moment right now. This is them firing at us and everything and us charging forward. Uh, I, I, I'm sure this is like a make it or break it moment for my army and so I want to persuade you to let me use perception by by uh, (laughs) by by persuading them by saying we can easily get all this fire out everyone create water they'll never see it coming okay Um, so you're using perception to roll Yes, persuading them to look behind, put their fears aside for a second, and persuade them that even though they're shooting way more, uh, way more um, fireballs than we could create water, uh, that it'll work out anyways. I just I need to, them to believe in this moment. Okay, good, good enough reasoning. Roll it. Oh, that's a nat twenty. That is a nat Yo. 20. <laughs> We're back on oh, the menu, shit. boys. You see the, the fireballs are arcing through the sky. And you can see the glow is starting to like light up all your faces. And you yell at them to just keep their eyes up and create water. And you can see all of them, like Avatar waterbenders, all in unison, are following under your command. And they're creating water. And it's even helping even more because of the mist in the area from the from the aqueduct that's spilling through and the clouds nearby. They're grabbing from all sources to create lots and lots of water. Water balls that are sometimes even bigger than the fireballs. And they shoot them. And in the sky, you see... They collide, and some water balls actually go further, and all the fire is disting- extinguished. And some of the water lands on the wizards, spilling them away, making them trip and go prone. And they're like flooding away, slipping and sliding as water is just raining down on them, these huge globs. But, Seth, that's not all I want to do. Because everything has to come together in a plan. Oh, shit. And I knew you would shoot fireballs at me. Oh, God. I knew that. And so what I want to do, Zippy, is use that 
great old spell, control water. And with all the water that my that my army created, I want in my control right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are you going to roll for that? Uh, probably Arcana. I'm not great in Arcana, but I mean, to me, that that just has to be Arcana. Or nature, maybe. What do you think? Either one. I want to do nature, actually. Like, nature because works. Be, yeah, okay, perfect. I'll do nature. So that is a... That's a uh, 12 plus 2 plus... Profi- so it's a 12 plus 6, so 18. Okay. You, with an 18, start getting up, holding onto the antlers of the stag as well, really getting up there so you can see... And you feel so in tune with all the druids. You, as they're casting their water balls, as they were flying through the air, you were starting to control them, guiding them to where they needed to go to make them feel even more confident in their shitty aim. It was actually all Zippy, who was several levels higher. And you feel as it like washes over on the ground, you start controlling it and you can see the water starting to bulge in areas and like wave back and forth, tossing these wizards slightly like they're in a wave pool. What do you want to do with these? So for now, DM, what I'm going to do is, I'm yeah, I'm going to use this water to hit and knock over as many and uh, knock out as many wizards as I can. But... It's also to serve a different purpose. I also want to, at the same time, collect as much water through the mist and and uh, and everything uh, into my huge water that I like, like in the air as much as possible. Like I'm collecting all the water throughout the air. Okay, please roll. So nature is eighteen plus six, so that's a twenty-four. The water is starting to form into a ball as you are splashing some wizards around. About 50 wizards have been taken out, just knocking their heads together. They seem to be just incapacitated and just down. They're only farmers. Um, But you see, it's about 150 wizards versus 150 druids now. You're getting closer and closer. You're out of the field and you're now on main grass and road. And you're heading up towards the barn. You're into level three now, and you hear coming out. The bell is still ringing, and you're getting a closer look of the old-style just farmhouse. You can see the front door. Boosh! The door is just kicked off its hinges as these giant muddy boots walk out, and these large blue overalls on this green big toad body and you can see they've got a handlebar kind of whisker frog whisker look and a straw hat on top of their head and a a strand of wheat coming out of their mouth and they just go who dares to take over my farm it's me Zippy Westboro, not so much the king of druids, but more like a friend. <laughs> and we're about here to kick your ass. How dare you? How dare you use the, the amazing power of druids for your own gain? 
You've knocked these poor souls down to a level where they couldn't have ever done this without me. And after we're done, they won't even need me anymore. Yeah! And all the druids cheer as they get even more fired up. You stupid animals! You... Uh, you cannot disobey me! And he takes his thumbs, puts them through the loops on his overalls near his chest, and he takes them out, and he stretches them out, and he lets them fly back, and they snap to his body. It causes a sound shock wave, and all the druids who are in animal forms go, Aah! and they're all, like, shaking, and they're like, Aah! and they're all just getting crazily damaged. Some crows from the sky are transforming back into their natural shape so you see like fur bulgs and gnomes and elves raining from the sky just landing on the ground and some of the branches too are just like stumbling and tripping and you just hear him go dominate beast what would you like to do uh and that's that's through sound or vibration seth the sound of the snap yeah this is what I want to do. Um, seeing this happen, I immediately, all the water I collected, I want to just throw directly onto the ground between me and the farmer uh, and, and behind as well, like in, in this vicinity. Okay. And what with, if I can do that, uh, I imagine it's, uh, it's like h- how much water... Um, would that be like? Would it be ankle high because it's not a serious amount of water, or how? Yeah, high probably about be? ankle high. Okay, and so then I want to do the ability that comes with control water to use flood, and I want to raise the water probably about uh, like crotch high, be pulling the water from the earth. Like I think I can, I can make you believe I could do flood if I pull the water from, from the earth. I could raise it higher. Um, okay. Using concentration and whatnot. Um, while I do that, I, I want my, my, everyone who's an animal to undo their, druid, their, their animal and become a druid again. Okay, so you kind of want to make a wall of water between you and him? Uh, that uh, well, like a, a shallow, a shallow, like a kiddie pool of water, but but it's, okay. it's like crotch high now for like the average person. Okay. Uh, for him, it would be crotch high. Okay. So it's a significant amount of water in this area. Um, while this happens, and he see, and I, I hope that when he sees that my my I, I'm basically telling my troops to undo their druid forms it's a, it's it's like an act of weakness but but in the same time seth i want everyone who hasn't turned into a wild shape presumably on the back end while the front people were you know sacrificing their druids behind everyone probably not the most visible to him to turn into piranhas <laughs> okay. And okay. I want those who are in piranhas to swim towards him. Okay. All right. Let, I, let's roll. What do you want to roll for this? Insight. 
because wow, it takes a lot of <laughs> insight to pull this off. I suppose so. This is that was skill checks work. All right, it's this, right is, away. this is like this is like military th- thinking here. I'm not so much as doing something, but I'm I'm uh, commanding people to do this. I'll let the water create sound enough and like everyone screaming in the front end because of people and their beast to turn behind quickly and let everyone behind me who hasn't turned yet let them know what what I just told you. Okay. Thank you listeners for putting up with me, but we're going to make it through this Zippy Westboro style. (laughs) Jeez. Oh god. That was an 8, but I get a plus 9 again so it's a 17 that just beats the bar the water raises and you you're getting it it's like ankle and leg and it's like you're kind of pushing it as a wave you can't flood the area completely because it's it's not like a container but you're like kind of pushing it as a flood so it's like kind of waves that like dollop up onto their knees and 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 getting up to that kind of height and you're pushing it and as everybody is falling, you yell out, like, everybody's canceled, wild shape. And they do, and they're, like, stumbling and rolling over their faces. And the people in the back now see what you want. And they all just start sprinting forward past your stag uh, as you kind of hold the brakes a little bit. And the druids are diving into the waves. And as the waves are pushing forward, just wave after wave, they catch one and turn into piranhas. You have about 50 to 60 piranhas in a wave moving forward now. All right. And they'll they'll know the when I want uh when when the, what the signal is, Seth. I sure hope so. But right now I imagine it I imagine it looks like we're pretty we're pretty fucked. You know, like I'm all the beasts, all the presumably people who are who are in wild shape are now just like recovering from his straps. And I, I, I want to ask him a few questions. Yell away. How could you be so cruel to us? Even in this moment, in, in this triumphant moment for us, you're still just a bully. We all need to eat. And I ain't killing any of them. Yes, but, but everyone who, li- who lives in there, whether they're a wizard, mage, or, or I imagine paladins, and everyone who's part of magic gets to do magic the way they want but but everyone here just has to be basically slaves more or less to to your needs and they are not very happy about it clearly you haven't if you really cared about everyone here you wouldn't treat druids like second class it's cause they are they don't know anything about magic only thing they're good for is their meat and I intend to use them for that. It's how we keep this utopia going. It's how we can stay here, separated from the world, and our own slice of heaven. How? I, I can't even believe that. I've I've heard some horrible things in my time throughout throughout this land, and that might as well have just been the worst I think I've ever did here. I sure hope so. I'll keep all my druids here, and they ain't never leaving. And if you all play some little water splashing, 
Then two can play at that game. Your druid spells ain't shit. And you can see he's starting to cast a spell. Oh no. You see, coming out of the ground, arcing up with conjuration magic, are black tentacles. These large black tentacles that are coming out and starting to slam on the ground and slam around, pushing some of the the waterboarded wizards aside, but some of the arms are coming towards you and all the druids behind you. Your piranhas are able to swim around them as the waves are lapping against them, but they could attack, you know, they're in range now to attack either the farmer or the tentacles. And it's coming for me? Uh, yeah, a, a tentacle is coming to slam down on you and your crew. Okay, uh... Oh no. We do have a lot of cure wounds available. Okay, um... I'm just, I'm gonna have to do a wall of fire and try and try and block the tentacles with it. Okay. What would you like to roll? I'll just have to do Arcana for that one. Yeah, Arcana. Yeah, I see this and I panic. And the first thing that comes to Zippy's mind is just that because uh, the boss, the huge boss we fought in the in the arena was very tentacle-like, and I think this is just the first thing that comes to him uh, in his mind, which is the the same spell he used before, just Firewall. Roll Arcana. I just really want to protect all these guys. Okay, that's a that's a 13, but I, I don't have any bonuses for it. The tentacle comes down. You raise a fire wall, and it, like, is coursing on the skin of the tentacle. You can see it's bubbling, but it still slams next to you. You dodge on your stag, but about 30 druids just get slammed underneath it and just... As it's squirming around, pushing side to side, they get knocked over into the fields and everything. And you just hear them go, Commander! The Lamasu is next to you and goes, Zippy, this is, at this rate, we need to do something. Keep pushing. We need to. We can cure them after. Cure Wound Squad can take care of them. I hope they can. Is there anything you can do with these tentacles? You're big, right? Can you maybe wrestle around with them? I can try! Roar! And he jumps up. Let me roll. A tentacle, another tentacle is coming down to try and hit another side of your squad. And he jumps up and tackles it. And he like grabs it and arcs its path so only he gets slammed. But he curves it. And he gets slammed into one of the barns and just caves through the roof. And the Lavasu just tanks that hit. And you can just hear the farmer go, Ho, ho! Lord, even you got my pet in there! I need to do the signal for the piranhas. Okay, this is what I need to do. Um, is there another Is there another big uh, animal? Is there any druid who hasn't turned into a, a, pyron- a pyrona that could turn into something that could throw something? Yep, there's about like 15 druids that haven't turned into anything yet. Okay, I need the, the, the most confident-looking one ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you see one that's actually a centaur, and he's been just kind of going on his own, acting like a Branta. And he has just, like, long, flowing hair. Okay. You, we're going to try and pull something off quick. I don't know if it'll work, but we'll give it a go. In the meantime, everyone, cure wounds everything you see. This is going to get ugly. And we need to pull together. If there's anything I know, it's that with a team that believes in each other, you can... You could even make it to the moon. You may not get that reference. Um, <laughs> um, but but we have to make it through this. Um, so in- entangle any magic person you see with whatever you got and just just believe in your druidness. And set fire to everything! Sure, why not? Um, Seth, in the meantime, I'm going to try and pull something off. Okay, so what I'm going to do, DM is going to stone shape here, but I'm going to use the stone that I have to make two two little discs, essentially. One for me, and I'm, I'm going to hand it to the Branta, and I hope he's a very strong boy. And so, that's what I'm going to do. And with listeners, can remember, unfortunately, I'm going to have to describe what I did at the beginning of when we first got here. And... What I mean by disregard is disregard the little circle design to get back to the ship as quick as possible. I'm going to make a new one on the disc that I'm going to hand to the Branta and one for myself here for me to to stand on here. And what I'm going to ask him to do is I'm going to ask him to discus throw this stone as close to the farmer as possible. You look at the Branta passing them the disc explaining the 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 job and they just nod confidently as soon as i as he throws and gets a close seth i i'm gonna do what obviously everyone imagines what i'm gonna do i'm gonna teleport and use that dagger i got against uh when i was against carmine there the bleeding dagger and i think that should turn those pyranas into a savage savage crew of hungry, bloodthirsty piranhas, just like nature intended. Okay. Roll. What do you want to roll for this? I don't know. Guts. I think it's going to have to be uh, acrobatics, because for me to teleport and then have the awareness enough to find a hit, because I want to surprise him, right? He would not see this coming, so I want to just surprise him and give him a quick slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have to do some acrobatics. So I'll roll for acrobatics, if that's okay. Yeah. <sighs> this is D&D. This is just how it is sometimes. I got a six plus three, so I got a nine. You put the disc in the Branta's mouth and they throw it like a frisbee and just as it reaches behind the farmer on their farm porch the farmhouse porch you zip behind and you go to stab them just so slow-mo just stabbing a wave of piranhas coming towards the farmer this giant toad seemingly standing still as your dagger goes for his side 
and the Piranha wave is finally reaching him. And you can see it's going. And you notice looking up, one of his eyes rotates sideways around to see you. And your dagger's just about to pierce his skin. And the wave of piranhas is just about to hit. And that's where we're going to cut. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Why would you do that? <laughs> wow. Oh, no. I was a bad commander. Cut to Darian. Darian, you are in the thralls of the crowd, blending in, staying low, moving. You see people like running by with hot dogs and popcorn near you. Um, and they're just getting to their seats as you're kind of just on the outline, like the outside ring. And then to your right is like, you know, the stairs. So you're at like the top of the stadium and the stairs descend down to the football field, the pyre pitch field. You're making your way through the crowd, the school wall to your left Looking to it now, you can see there's portraits of famous pyre pitch players on the wall. And the eyes seemingly seem to, like, track you as you move. Uh, Very creepy. Very, very painting. Classic stereotype. Um, And you can see text above. uh, And, like, the the frames have plaques underneath that say, like, the pyre pitch name and and their year and stuff like that. But the school is to your left. The stands and stairs to the stadium to your right what do you want to do uh okay i'm right now i'm still just going to kind of focus on uh distance for a minute and then i'm going to find uh see if there's like a good like uh cubby or space that i can just kind of like like crouch down in and just kind of like hide for a moment um that's just like physically out of sight um can i find something like that mm-hmm. you find a little cubby Right next to, like, a little hot dog stand uh, guy. You can see there's, like, a little uh, makeshift little restaurant stand like you see in most stadiums where it's just, like, in the wall. Um, And you can find a space just next to it, a little corner to hide in between stalls. So while I'm hiding in that corner, uh, I'm going to pull out uh, Pepper and say, All right, girl, I need you to fly back outside and do a quick lap. And let's see if we can... uh See if we can find Patricia, okay? And they salute. Perfect, because I'm, I'm still uncertain if we got made or not, or if they're following in this direction. So yeah, I'm going to send Pepper out um, while I'm kind of in a hopefully relatively safe space. Um, yeah, see if they can find Patricia if they're on her tail. Okay. Pepper flies out and is surveilling the area flying above you can see with your eyes through theirs that uh like you can see the crowds of people and some people still flying in on magic brooms and things and some people trying to fly over the gate and then getting quickly like a magic missile shot their way from a guard to get them off so that they don't just get in without a ticket um and you can see it's scouring make a perception check uh, my rolling has been trash today, fellas. Uh, that's a six plus two. Like, sorry, it's a two plus six. Uh, so at eight. Awesome. Uh, you don't notice too much because there's actually quite a lot of commotion in the air. 
you see lots of guards flying up and flying into the air, just being like, go, 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 farm, farm, go. You can see lots of guards just flying up past Pepper, just Pepper's having to dodge bob and weave, which is making it hard to see. Um, But you can overhear that. So Darian, knowing Zippy's at the farm, uh, he's going to call Pepper back and uh, try and stealthily make his way out of the, the stadium um, and kind of follow some of the guards who are heading down to the farm stealthily. Okay. Roll stealth. Oh, finally, I have decent roll. It was a 10, but plus 7, so 17. After you're making it all the way here, after surviving that encounter with Patricia, um, you feel like, you know, you've caught your breath. You feel like you're in a safe space. You think you've lost them. Now you want to go regroup with Zippy at the farm since there seems to be some commotion and people heading that way. You start stealthily moving through the crowd and you're getting right back to the gate. But just before you get through the gate and you're moving to make your way back out, you see someone standing outside in line. Boo. (laughs) It's the mass figure. Dude, you're They're making their way in. They haven't seen you, but they're making their way into the stadium. I immediately, like, 180. <laughs> like, so I'm, like, going, I'm like, okay, I think I lost something. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I turn around 180, and I make my way back into the stadium. Uh, yeah, trying to create um, uh, a little more distance. So I still try and figure out what the hell I'm going to do about this guy. Um, I want to try and, like, uh, I don't know, like, born identity like kind of like sit stealthily to the side to stay out of his line of sight or or her actually we don't know who's in there um and kind of like flip it on them so i want to start kind of like stalking them okay roll stealth again um i'm gonna roll a i'm gonna use my last luck die (laughs) so things don't completely go to shit Uh, because that was not a great roll and I'm glad I did. That's an 11 plus 7, 18. <laughs> the other one was a 7, so it would have been a 14, which is like, ooh, pretty iffy. You see, you subtly get to the wall. You kind of hide, blend in with the crowd, really try to be stealthy as you keep, uh, uh, like, in your peripheral vision, the masked person walking through. They get to the ticket and they hand them a ticket and they get in and they're walking around and you can tell they kind of tower above everybody else so it's very easy to see them and they're just kind of looking and then they start walking along the side the outer ring of the stadium where you are walking and they're walking by the hot dog stands and everything and they're walking and taking a glance at the pictures in the wall the paintings and they keep walking and you smoothly blend into the crowd the stream of people walking as you're following the back of his metal dreads mask and you're trailing them to help paint a picture there i originally had a more casual cloak before we upgraded our greeter cloaks to the bubble cloaks and uh as i was waiting for him to come and i switched back over to something a little more common looking to help uh to help cover that You are walking in your commoner's cloak, looking as inconspicuous as possible. 
And you can see they're looking around and they're looking around. And they seem to just constantly be like, you know, looking for you. And then you can see all of a sudden they kind of jolt up. Their, their spine kind of straightens. And they're like patting their pants. They're patting like the back of their pants. Like they're looking for their wallet kind of thing. And then they, they put their arms to their side and, and, and then they start moving faster. And they take a left into the school. <sighs> okay. Uh, against my better judgment, I'm going to follow him into the school. Okay. You follow him in, trailing him the way as he walks into a corridor of the school. Cut to Norman. Sick. Okay. Norman, Pyro said that they had one more room to show you, and they do. And they take you to the next one. Okay, before you do, I just want to do something on the way. Okay. I want to close my eyes and whisper under my breath, Have you been here before? It stays silent. The voice you're reaching for stays silent. Okay. Because in that moment, I am just thinking about the time when... I'm just thinking about how I saw Royce there and how he doesn't like that crystal. And And I know that Royce used to run the deep and I just keep walking. You hop into the next painting and you can see it's a lush countryside with a cottage on a hill. And this seems to be a bigger diorama than most. And you can hear Pyro say, Well, this is actually uh, King Dumas's Old childhood home. Way back in the mystical land of Wesnia. Before the time was today. Alright. Wesnia. I, I walk in. I walk inside. You walk inside. And it opens up into a nice little cottage. And you can see a little um, a bullywug painted kid. A, a little blue one. A little tadpole runs out and goes, Hi! I'm Victor! Hi, Victor. Where are your folks? They're not here right now. This is the home of me and my brother Dumas. Way back in the day. Unfortunately, because of the time skip that Dumas went under, by the time he got back, I wasn't here anymore. But here I am, in history! Let me show you around. Uh, but it was my job to... I was showing them around. Oh, come on. Wait, you're not, you're not supposed to be here. He goes where I go. But you can lead this part, Victor. Pyro kind of looks at you like kind of shocked that somebody's standing up for him. Just a painting person. And Victor just goes, Okay, fine. But here's the house. This is the living room. This is the kitchen. This is everywhere. 
This is where we first learned that we were in tune with the magical essence of the world. I want to stomp on the floor to see if it's hollow. You stomp on the floor, and it feels just solid. It feels like rock, even though it looks like wood. What do you mean connected to the essence of the world? That's something more like sorcerers instead of the intellectual pursuits of wizards. Well, there's magic in everybody and everywhere. It might be a little bit more dull now, after Wesnia got destroyed. But back then, it was kind of all all around us. Everybody was, you know, feeling in tune with it, some more than others. It was quite a time. Magic was much more commonplace and explosive. It was just much more potent. You could say probably because Wesnia was founded way sooner than today's, you know, cities. Because back then... You know, the God's essence and presence was still really felt, even in the very foundation of the world. And not so much now. Why is that? Is it because it's being consumed by something? No, things just dull over time. The gods have kind of, you know, they, they only act through tethers. Back then, when they were down here, you know, forging the planes and everything, you know, obviously it was much more potent magic energy around. I see. And where is the largest collection of this energy now? Is it in that crystal that was in the last room? The Beyond Vessel? No. That's just kind of a Band-Aid solution to death. (laughs) But this, the, the strongest magical energy? Well, some might say it's in a grand treasure left by Salem. But personally... I think it's in my big brother, Dumas. Big brother, Verulius. I kind of flinch when he says Salem a little bit. Like, my eye twitches. I don't flinch. And I say, yes, Salem. Quite the hider of grand treasures. I'd like to see this older brother of yours. Do you know where he could be found? Well, he can be found in the real world. Do you know if there's... Any kind of secret way into his chambers? Or an expedited way to get an audience with him? Well, you can see he's kind of like biting his tongue. Okay, I'm going to lean forward. I'm going to say, I hold a lot of sway around here, as you might have noticed. Maybe I can help you in return. Really? Oh, yes. I, after all, I can visit and leave these paintings as I please. I can... Bring anything in that I want to. That, that is true. Hmm. Nobody's ever offered anything. And Pyro goes, I know, it's crazy. He's the first one ever to, to, do, to, to help us painting people out. Everybody just wants a history check. You say helping you out. I'm going to pause. Could you want that in a literal sense? To get out. Bingo. I mean, it sucks living in... I love this cottage in place, but it sucks living in a box. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The real world cannot be imagined as well as it is as it can be seen. I'd like to take you there, but first, tell me what you know. Persuasion check. <laughs> 18 plus 13, 31. Just meets it. 
Victor looks at you and goes, You want to go see Dumas? King Dumas? I do. It's a bit of a journey. That's what I live for. Well, if you're up for it, let's take the backstage pass to get to Verulius. Lead the way, my friend. All through the painted world. Oh, man. I can guide you all the way there to his tower. Well, friend, you lead the way. And I'm just going to make sure that I got Bradley, Apophis, Stupid Strand. I got uh, both my guys, and I still got Quasitmodo. So I got like a team of six. I just want to have it established that we're all together, if that's still true. You check around, and everybody's there. But uh, you look at Bradley and Apophis, and they look bored out of their minds, and they're like, uh, Norman, I thought you said we were going to look at the watching that Pyre Pitch game. Yeah, um, listen, I think maybe me and Bradley should split from you before you do this grand quest, because I... Maybe, do, do you know what, guys? I might be doing something a little more tedious and a little tiresome. Do you guys know how to get back to the Pyre Pitch game? As long as you guys promise us to watch it and then meet us back at where we started, all right? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I totally know the way. You know the way, Bradley? Yeah, to- totally know the way. Right right into the to the school and through the painting and to the pirate pitch game, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, let's, uh, let's leave, uh, this way. And Victor says, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, the, the painting to the museum right there. And you turn around and you look through the painting. There's one on the wall that leads into the museum and you can just see... <laughs> Just the Baron, like, screeching and, like, paint streaks are flying through the air and a paint streak goes vertically and, like, almost covers up right in front of that exit. And Victor goes, and, uh, the exit's closed. Uh, it was, uh, sorry, let me clarify. So, but that that's to the museum, but not exact, not necessarily to the, to the pyre pitch. Not to the other paintings. Yeah, I'm gonna say, guys... <laughs> Whatever you do, do not go that way. Go go back the way we came to the pyre pitch. Uh, sure, let, well, let's go. And Victor goes, yeah, well, actually the first place we gotta go is to the academy. So let's all go. So you all go through, you go through the, the, uh, the festival with the crystal again. Uh, and as you pass, you feel a faint just boom as you pass the crystal. I lean into it for a sec. I, for a moment, I... I flex my, my bad hand that doesn't move. I flex it. And I just whisper again. I whisper again. What is it you really want, Royce? Why does this bother you so? And I keep going. You keep going. And you go into the school. And you're there again. And you're walking through. And you can see Apophis and Bradley like run up to the windows. Like the paintings. To like get a glimpse of the game. game and they're like, what's the score? Yeah, what's the score? And they're looking, and Victor and Pyro go, Well, uh, they can keep watching through that little window if you want. I, I don't think there's any bigger ones to get out right now. Um, can they go through that window? If they were small, they could fit. Is Bradley small enough? Uh, Bradley might be small enough. He would be a tight fit. Okay, I'm going to say, hey, guys, do you guys have any money? You know, in case, like, if you ever do, like, fall through and you want, like, hot dogs or anything, do you, do you or, like, food? Do you guys have any money? Um, I, yeah, I got some money on me. I got some in my wetsuit. Yeah, I got a few bucks. Here, Bradley, get, get me a hot dog. Bring it back. And he, like, lifts him up, and Bradley, like, 
squeezes through and you can hear some people on the other side just going like what the hell and bradley's like (laughs) squeezing through the painting and coming out the other side and he runs up gets two hot dogs and he like throws one through the painting to apophis he's like yeah shit come on i hate these seats bradley don't leave me (laughs) i'm gonna give apophis uh 50 more gold pieces for some snow cones to wash them down okay have fun we'll be back soon okay but it's hard to watch and you go moving through and victor's like all right, so first we got to make our way through the castle, and uh, uh, there'll be a little bit of a basement area that we're going to walk through some tunnels, and we'll get to the tower. I can't believe you knew about this, Victor. I've never even heard of this. Uh, he's like, well, that's because you stay in your painting where you should be. But whatever, let's go. And as you're walking, you turn a corner, and you're walking through the school and it's still unfinished, and you can see a few more paintings, like where paintings would be in the other side, and you can kind of see into the parallel world, uh, the real world, and you can see um, some some glimpses in. And as you're walking by, you see through another like portrait, there's all these people standing in front of them too, like because from the real world side looking in, it has mm. to be like, you know, people standing and like, oh, I was the, the you know, the headmaster of this school from this time. They're kind of like standing in a position, just freeze framed and you're walking through the halls and then you see out of the corner of your eye behind one of the portrait people that are just standing there, you glance and see a familiar figure. You see the white masked man in one of the halls and they're kind of just hidden behind a corner of the wall and they're in an isolated hallway just to clarify like you're talking about patricia patricia you see patricia they seem to be like hiding behind a corner and they're kind of like have their hand up to their ear like they're trying to hear something like like they're or they're trying to like talk through a walkie-talkie kind of thing or like an earpiece Mm. hold on and I'm going to creep up to the painting and like kind of look through the corner of my eye. Roll a perception check. Nine. I think this is a painting. You can barely hear a muffled. You don't make out the full conversation, but you do hear a voice. It's very muffled and deep. And you just hear... <sighs> Okay, Lou. The plan tomorrow. And Norman, just as you hear these words come from the masked man's mouth in the corner of your eye, you can also make out Darian coming down the hallway. And that's where we're going to end the episode. <laughs> no, wow.